From the Ginza Studios in Tokyo, Japan, comes the Japan What Podcast, talking hot air from Tokyo's backside. I'm Matt Bigelow. I'm Tom Molesky. We discuss the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective. And zero insight. Zero insight guaranteed, indeed. We need to have a guarantee with that zero insight. If you find insight in this podcast, we'll... Ah, uh, yes. Full refund. Full refund. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Exactamundo. Well, yeah, if you donate to our PayPal, yes, linked in the description, mm-hmm. and you find that we've actually given you insight, yeah. we'll reimburse a maximum of 10%. Yes, 10%, good, yeah. Yes. I mean, there's shipping and handling, we can't re- reimburse that. Enter Joe Rogan at checkout. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. What do you think? What's going on? Hi. Oh. Or not high. So, I'm wondering about mm-hmm. old white men. The, the, Have you been reading my diary? The, the recent, you... the recent scourge of the of the political spectrum. Recent scourge. Yes, everybody's like, Ugh. yeah, uh, male, pale, and stale. <laughs> I've never heard yeah, that one. I saw that I've heard. Uh, I've I've noticed though. Yes, because I do a lot of walking in Tokyo. Right, I'm walking every day, everywhere I go. Walk, walk, walk. Uh, I've noticed that there's some kind of middle-aged, 50, 60-year-old white men get really passive-aggressive with walking. Oh, Where yes. they come at me and they walk right in front of me. And then, you know, they, really? they just do like this thing where, you know, like they're going to pass you, but yeah, then they yeah. just kind of stand, like they walk in front of me. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's kind of strange. And they, like, like, like the way that sometimes you see those uh, car videos mm-hmm. where the, the small car kind of cuts in front of a semi-truck and then brakes hard. Really? Yeah. They kind of do that. I've noticed that like a few times. And even like some Japanese guys that just, they don't give you any space. Like they're like, okay. I'm so important. You're going to stop yeah. for me. And recently I, I don't stop and I, I kick their shoes, but without <laughs> without changing my speed. Oh, I see. I see. So, so you're, yeah. It's like, I, my, my idea is I'm not goose stepping down the street with right. these giant steps. Sure, sure. So if you're going to pass in front of me, mm. but not consider my gait, yeah, which is yeah. only a couple of feet. Right, right. Because I got two feet. Of course. There you go. Then you deserve to have your shoes kicked. You deserve to get a flat. Is that high or not high? High? Uh, no. If you were high, you wouldn't care about any of this, I oh, think. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. um, but there's this one guy... He, cantankerous uh, or not cantankerous? Is that? Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's cantankerous. There's some sort of passive aggressive power yeah. move going on there. A couple of days ago, mm. I, I did kick the guy's shoe from <laughs> from the bottom, and he looked behind me. Yeah, he looked be he looked behind himself at me. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I just nodded. Uh huh. And then he looked in front of himself and started shaking his head and like ugh, in a kind of a disgusted pattern. You're a big guy. You wouldn't necessarily want to confront too much i think yeah i think that's yeah um i i but uh, you know what the problem is i think with this is people i think it's actually that people tend to walk about the same pace but they don't um how do i explain it they're walking slightly faster than you okay so so you they feel like you're holding them up okay but once they get in front of you they 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 speed up to go around you walking wise and then they go back into their relaxed pace. I don't think they're thinking that they're they're trying to get back at you by slowing down. I just think that they're not going fast enough to pull ahead of you in a in any meaningful way. So why yeah. would you cross in front of me and then mm-hmm. walk in my path? Oh, like um, like they're coming in at a forty five degree angle and then straightening out as soon as they get right in front of me. Well, you've seen the sidewalks here. I mean, even... These are wide ones. No, I get it. I get it. But most sidewalks, not most, I won't say most, but a lot of sidewalks are literally maybe one shoulder length wide, especially, well, at least in my area. Yeah, that's I think once you get kind of conditioned to doing that, you kind of stay linear, very linear. You don't kind of think twice, think about, oh, okay, I can be completely out of the way and not annoying anybody. I think it's just that kind of mentality of how they pass people and they don't think... And maybe the people... 
um, that are behind them, they're probably used to a maybe a, a slightly slower gait, or somebody will just kind of concede and walk slower. Yeah, I think it's the concede part. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't want to be Mr. Hypocrite. No, no. Because so I, I kind of monitored myself in the past few days. Okay. To see how much how much breadth I'm giving other yeah. people. It's sometimes a few meters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I will do this, but I will literally like get a pretty brisk gait, a jog, if you would, to make sure I have a a, a good you know couple lengths in front of them before I go sink back into my natural. Um, my natural pace, uh, and by the time they'd catch up, I'm to wherever I want to be. Uh, about a couple of months ago, this this Japanese guy, mm-hmm. and this is a wide walking area. We're talking okay. several meters. Yeah, um, he cut right in front of me, and it's it's very busy. Uh, I just kept I keep walking my same pace. Right, right. And the bottom of my shoe, no one's going to change the, you. The tip of my shoe, yeah. hit the bottom of his foot, oh, and he actually kind of ended up jumping and leaping in the air. And he turns back and gives me like a fierce stare. Mm-hmm. And I just go, I don't know, man. It's pretty busy in here. What are you going to do? <laughs> and just keep walking, you know? It's not like he's like a sumo guy or some guy who's going to pull a knife on me. Right, he's just, right. It's just an old male, pale, stale, in this case, <laughs> Japanese guy, uh, kind of a businessman. Like, they're not going to do anything. So I, I was wondering I was wondering about that. That there's I think, a certain, well, number one, none of them are high. That's, that's They're not high. We can say they're definitely not high. That's right. But, Unless they're on meds. Yeah, right. Uh, there's kind of like, um, mm. yeah, this guy that doesn't like some other guy walking ahead of him, so he's going to pull ahead, and he's going to be the, the gaijin leader. Um, maybe it's just a little bit of the world should adapt to what I'm doing instead of me matching, trying to adapt to what everyone else is doing. I try to do the latter when I'm in public. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, yeah, yeah, as well you should. But some people are funny that way. And I guess uh, somebody, I, you know, I think the bottom line with um, someone that's a foreigner that's, you know, the, was that pale? Male I, and stale. Male and stale. Yes. <laughs> You're just not used to being challenged. Yeah. So you just assume everyone's going to fall in line with you. I'm the teacher. Therefore, I am the community leader. <laughs> She'll do as I say. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's high or not high. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, moving on to that kind of, uh, I guess we could link it like uh, if you were walking in a circuit. I was actually thinking about a musical circuit. Um, and it kind of stems from an issue in Chiba with a bar I've worked with a lot that's kind of in a difficult situation. Basically... By the, musical, you mean like the movies? Oh, uh, yes, exactly. Um, they've been replaying La La Land since <laughs> 2018. And yes. People are sick of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the musical circuit. Well, I think just in... Uh, basically here, we're, I'm talking about a um, small musical bar that used to do booming business and um, now is fallen in somewhat more hard times because the people that, um, a person that was financially invested in it and that used to do all the, um, all the backstage work passed away. It left people that are involved in it that need it for, financially need it, but have, are completely unprepared for all the um, arrangements and organization side of it. Most of them just want to be musicians. Or if there's somebody that can't do it, they're way too busy working other jobs. So that, that falls on the shoulders of musicians or people that really don't get anything else out, out of it except stage time. So what happens is they tend to just ask the same convenient bands to play over and over. But customers get tired of it, and they start to not come to as many shows. I was wondering if there was a good way of establishing some kind of circuit that we could have more of a rotation. A long time ago, uh, sorry, and you were about to say something, forgive no, me. No. But um, about five years ago, I started doing that a little bit with Live House Anga. I started to invite a lot more um, Tokyo uh, bands to come in, and it did invigorate the scene a little bit, I thought. So what I was thinking is maybe there are probably a lot of, um, I don't know, foreign sanctuaries, if um, sanctuary, uh, but foreigner-friendly musical venues, throughout Tokyo, into Saitama, throughout Kanto. And if there was a circuit, you could kind of rotate it, even if you wanted to organize some kind of uh, promotional tour. 
you could oh, call it okay. that. Now that you say it this way, that's it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Now, we, were, we had talked a little bit about this before, and we had said that, ah, uh, you know, you need to really name it on the nose if you're going for the audience. That's that's my experience. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, there's just a limited market for it, yeah. and having like a big zany name yeah. doesn't attract the English speakers looking for that when they're searching for things online. That's a good yeah. point, yes. Um, I was my, my idea of it was more for band members to know... Um, the circuit that's friendly for them to book new shows. And um, I was talking about it at T's, uh, T's Lounge, my, my usual hangout. And I was thinking something like expat, expatriate circuit or something like that. And um, somebody said, um, why don't you call it, um, you know, like Kaiten Zushi, it's like a conveyor belt. But why don't you change ah. the Kai to Guy and say like Guy Kokujin or Gaijin, like yeah. as most of us. So kind of the foreigner conveyor belt circuit. Mm. Now, one thing I was kind of curious of doing is what if I took, let's say, something with a QRC code, like a flyer, a sticker, and just go to the places that I would consider in that circuit and distribute it that way and have it a link to something, maybe just a Facebook page at least, and say this is the contact information for all the bands that are kind of sympathetic to having foreigners or friendly to foreigners. All the bars. Most of the bars. Yeah. So... Um, the one that we attended uh, last week, uh, Music Island O, would be considered one. In Shimokitazawa. In Shimokitazawa. Topper's Bar in Chiba would be one. Um, Gamuso would be one. Although Saturdays, I think they do charge for events, but most other ones. 20,000 yet. Yeah. But most other days are free. Um, if we could establish kind of a, well, uh, uh, what the Dickens and Ebisu would, would be one. Something like that. That we, could be the flagship. Yeah. Although it's a little. You have to really go in advance to book it. Some yeah. place like Gamuso or Toppers or, oh, you could contact them a week before and they might have something. Yeah. So that was my idea. I was wondering if we could get a fresh rotation of bands going to all the places, all the places would, would uh, benefit. I like it. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if I should do it as a flyer postcard thing or like a sticker that you put on the wall kind of thing. But It could even be a Google Calendar type of thing. Yeah. 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 For sure, Where but just something that catches your eye because there's so, like you said, there's already so much to go searching for. There's an ocean of information to go searching for. Sometimes something just sticking on a live house wall might attract more attention. I think so. And the reason why I say on the nose is because mm -hmm. a lot of um, tourists that come here, yeah. most of them are thinking about drinking and food and things like that. Yeah. But if, so they're searching for like best restaurants, oh, best sure. night out or something like that. So That's a good point. I'm yeah. thinking about search engine optimization, yeah. SEOs yeah. and uh, on the nose. So the the aspect of guy mm -hmm. for gaijin yeah. makes sense, uh, but the actual word, for guide just means outside. Right. You know, right. so but, you, you kind of run the risk of mm -hmm. a misinterpretation there as well. Sure. It's, um, I think if I hear, I guess this is just me. If I hear someone saying guy and I'm around, the, the second part of that word is going to be gene. Gene. Yeah. <laughs> what about the mm -hmm. round, round eye circuit? I, <laughs> I don't want to go with round eye. <laughs> Because not all foreigners in Japan have right, around Right, exactly. So that's a good point, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the right, it's not accurate discrimination. Although I might go with, um, what is it? Uh, pale male and stale. Pale male and stale. .co.jp. The, the PMS circuit. PMS circuit, yeah. Uh, empty ovaries. I think we have a winner. <laughs> In any case, I wanted to throw this at you as well as to the listeners of the Japan What Podcast. Um, I think it would make sense. Yeah. Well, you know, like um, the the way we book these studios is through an online app called Instabase, and it's just a database of places that you book. You know, it could be something like that as well. Yeah, yeah. Which would be modern and hip and... It stays on people's phones and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, I wanted to... I guess I wanted to take one step in the experiment, and I think you're doing that as a couple. Like once people kind of recognize it, I think that's from there the next step. Mm, yeah. So what you're thinking, guy ten mm. music, or guy ten? Or the, yeah, the guy ten circuit. Guy ten circuit. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Uh, that makes sense. There's a few people. Uh, I mean, and then uh, you can abbreviate it. Yeah. G T C. GTC, yeah. Which is also 
pirating another brand name. Yes, there you go. Which is good because that's familiarity. Right. That's a good point as well. So anyway, I will, uh, let's see. Um, Oh, yeah. We'll see what happens anyway. I'll go ahead, maybe meet up with a few people, uh, organize uh, organizers and stuff and see how it turns out. I think that's good. I think that's a cool idea. And um, it, it, Provides an avenue to make it easier for bands to find out new places to play without having to go through the rigmarole of right. always contacting someone and having a list of contacts yeah. and then coming back to the contacts and then you drop mm. some contacts. But if you could yeah. put it into a pipeline, yeah, yeah, and then to get the oil flowing, yeah, yeah, the end uh, result would be uh, more mm. power in the house. And yeah, it's it's fun to organize one show. It's not so fun to organize like you know. Every week, yeah. as you as you well know, yeah, I, I was doing live uh, organization, and it, it's so it's a part time job. Yeah, yeah, and it's a very thankless job. I think when you're working working, unfortunately, with some musicians, and there's just more and more competition out there now. Yeah, right. It's possible to Netflix and chill, right, um, right, anywhere if you have the Netflix app on your phone, right. So, yeah, um, another one. Yeah, so yeah, you that. That limited, that that you know, shrinking attention span thing. You know, you're constantly competing for that you know few seconds of a person's attention to get them invested into something bigger. And um, I mean, easy. they can turn out beautifully, like uh, the show we went to uh, last week that we checked out with uh, Takeshi in uh, Music Island. Oh, it ended up being a great night. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I uh, messaged Sawa yeah. from Sawa's Fool. Nice. And she might be interested in coming on the podcast. She'd be a good guest. Yeah. Yeah. She's fun. Um, the only problem is everybody lives so far away from each other. Yeah. That so is. that's one thing that I try to focus on with group activity yeah. over a long-term basis. Yeah. Is if one person's in Saitama, the other person's in Kanagawa, mm-hmm. always coming to Tokyo every week. Yeah. If it turns out not being as easy as uh, you think it is. Oh, no. Not at all. And everybody agrees to it pretty like, oh, yeah, sure, great. And then two, three, four times into it, you're like, um. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Commitment yeah. on my day off. <laughs> hey, today's the new emperor's birthday. Did you know that? I had no idea. No. Yeah. So we got a new emperor for okay. the Reiwa age. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's surprisingly, he doesn't look very much like an emperor. You know, he looks like a. Yeah. He's not very regal. I guess he might be. I don't know. I just imagine emperor robes and uh, being carried on a litter and <laughs> holding a scepter, you know, and lots of kind of fanfare around him. But the the new emperor guys, they're just they're always wearing like a tuxedo, sure, sure, and uh, standing there, yeah, you know. And the wife as well, the empress, I should say, yeah, uh, has a lot of mental problems, like a lot of nervous. She's she's got nerves. She's nervous. Was it Masako, I think? Yes. I feel for her, actually. She even knows, like, Masako, it doesn't sound like an empress. Well, you know, yeah. Masako, like, it's just, uh, it's a weird, it's very Rewa in a way. Yeah. To have the the royal royalty stripped of all of its mysteriousness. Yeah. And, and they just kind of walk in around. In plain clothes, you mean? Kind yeah. Of? Well, did you? Like a plain clothes policeman, <laughs> a plain clothes emperor. <laughs> did you consider the previous emperor to have that air about him? Th- yeah, because he was uh, always super old. I don't know. <laughs> and his hair was like just like this m- immaculate white hair. Mm-hmm. And so for me, he kind of did in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Well, I feel like that might also be something that you have to grow into. Um, that's a role you have to grow into where you assume everybody is kind of going to bow or take a step back or, you know, can kind of concede to you, to your presence and once you're used to that and assume that, that becomes an air of, um, I guess, I don't know, uh, aristocracy or kingliness or regalness or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel for Moscow, though. Yeah. Why? Um, she's a modern woman. She was, I think, a Harvard graduate. And then she became, in, uh, you know, she wanted to do her own thing. As I hear it, she actually refused, uh, turned down the proposal a few times before she finally accepted because she didn't want the um, maybe those responsibilities of just being kind of housebound, you know, like that, just kind of being 
a powerful person's subordinate. A tax-funded symbol. It's an, I mean, it's kind of an ancient legacy, so she has to assume some of more ancient roles, and, and she probably wants to be a modern, more a modern role for uh, female females. And so I think when you're forced into that, it can result in a lot of mental problems. The feminist empress. Yeah. <laughs> if she was, she'd be a killer empress, I'd say that. Yes. <laughs> anyway. If she took over anyway. That's kind of funny. Um, all right. Well, we got a call in okay. for today. Uh, a band called, uh, what they're called? Um, Tibetan Sky. Tibetan Sky. All right. And uh, they got a new song out. I'm mm. going to play it and try to get one of their members on the, on the horn over here. you today welcome to the japan what podcast oh thank you thank you hello matt hello tom hello and who are we speaking to alex oh i'm i'm alex i'm alex i'm the guitarist of the tibetan sky great so um for our listeners could you tell us a little bit more about your music Yes, and also uh, uh, Tibetan uh, sort of uh, music originally, mm-hmm. but uh, you, if what you hear from now, like it does, does not have that kind of influence. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, basically, yeah, post rock and melodic hardcore. That's the key influences. Bands like Deftones, Hopes Fall, Tool, you know, those, those sort of bands. We were just listening to a single, and it's very anthemic. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so I, I would um, like to know more about um, just your history with your uh, band in Japan. Are all the members based oh. here? Well, no, actually, um, most of the members, they're from other countries. Like, okay. uh, I'm myself, I'm from Russia. Oh, wow. Um, Nazdrovia. Uh, singer. Oh, спасибо. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and the, the 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 singer, she's from France. Um, the guitarist, our lead guitarist, is from Spain. Oh, wow! Um, in the, and our bass player is an Indonesian, and the uh, drummer is from Japan. And uh, yeah, fantastic. So basically, we we started off. Well, I came to Japan about five years ago, mm-hmm. and I was uh, I started this band before I came to Japan. Actually, I started back in two thousand ten. And uh, I had to move to Japan because I got married. And then, uh, you know, when I moved here and I started working, you know, I, I knew I knew I had to continue doing music. Otherwise, I'm going to die of depression. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. I think I everyone you, identifies very well with that. Because, you know, the first thing I did when I first came to Japan, I started working in like, you know, Eikaiwa and all those kind of oh, kindergartens. Wow. And, and uh, mm-hmm. every day, you know, you know how normal people go to work. You know, the first thing they they get, you know, is some coffee. You know, they walk into the office and they smell coffee. 
Yes. Yeah. I had to smell shit every morning. <laughs> Alex, I think you should become a regular member of this uh, of this podcast. <laughs> so why why do you call yourselves Tibetan Sky? You said that you're influenced by uh, Tibet. Um, what is that influence, yes. and and what's going on there? Well, basically, I'm uh, heavily influenced by Tibetan Buddhism. I, I was uh, kind of uh, started by reading this book called the Tibetan Book of Reading, uh, Living and Dying, a while back, and then that really inspired me to sort of research more about Tibet and Tibetan Buddhism. And uh, I thought, you know, my music should kind of reflect that, you know, that sort of. Uh, that sort of meditative kind of uh, uh, sort of ambition, you know, the ambition of Buddhism to achieve that sort of uh, liberated state, especially in our, you know, day and age where, you know, our lives are just like, you know, kind of autopilot to death. So th th there has to be kind of like a, a way forward, you know, mentally, spiritually, you know. So, I, I mean, I'm not trying to, preach or teach anything to anyone but i'm just trying to kind of with my music to point in that direction yeah i like the whole message of um the music helping you to achieve the that meditative state especially in the modern day and age where everyone's attention spans are growing you know shorter and shorter um so uh how long have you all been together as a band well in the current lineup uh we've been together for about two years but uh, ever, ever since we started, me and the, it's mostly me and the bass player uh, that we kind of started around 2016. You know, we met in the um, in a Japanese language school, kind of by accident, actually, because uh, it was one of those community kind of uh, programs. You know, in a town hall, sometimes they give out these uh, uh, free Japanese lessons. Yeah, uh, yeah. Old so, people holding up. Uh pictures of clocks and trying to get that's you to right, say goji right. rokuji <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah. we all I, identify I was the worst one i was the worst so but they have the tradition uh if you you know for your first lesson when you turn up uh at the end of the class you're supposed to go in front of everyone and introduce yourself to like i don't know like uh 50 people sitting around so i'm just going up there in front of all these people Saying uh, Konnichiwa, Arikides, Rock, Skides, you know all this stuff. You know, basically, I like metal, I like rock, and then you know, at the end of it, I just walk out, and then this guy just comes up to me and says, you know, and he's he's got this funny Indonesian accent. He just goes, "Hey, you like rock? Uh, me too. <laughs> you play guitar? Me too. <laughs> Let's play." <laughs> And I'm from like, there, okay. the legend was born. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, you um, are you regular, like a regular uh, kind of Tokyo or Kanto area touring band, or how often are you playing now? Well, uh, yeah, we've been uh, playing uh, like in places like uh, our first gig was actually in Stanite in Chiba. Oh, okay. Yeah. Of uh, course. Maybe. Because I've been listening to your show uh, a lot, and you guys keep talking about Chiba and Topper's Bar. Those, all those places seem very familiar to me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I played. Uh, we played there, and then we started sort of uh, getting in contact with a lot of sort of hardcore venues like Koiwa Bush Bash and uh, Niman Denatsu. Mm. And oh, those yeah. guys been really nice to us. They invited us to play, and you know. We, we enjoyed playing a lot. Like we, we so far, I mean, we haven't played that many gigs, to be honest. Uh, we've okay. only played about 10 so far in the last three years. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, why is that? Is that a personal choice? Or do you guys spend a lot of time in the studio writing and focusing on recording, or is it a schedule thing? <laughs> it's kind of a mixture of both because, uh, you know, everyone is kind of working crazy hours including myself, you know, I have to work six days a week, sometimes even seven, sometimes 14. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we just, we just all meet up around, you know, Sunday or Saturday night, you know, we just jam. And sometimes it's like impossible to meet everyone's schedule. So, you know, time goes by, you know, weeks turn into months, months turn into years. And then, 
so on and so on holidays and all that stuff. It's just, you know, I don't get how all these bands manage to, like, you know, release albums every year and stuff. Like, that sounds like a dream come true, man. Releasing an album every year. Imagine doing that. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) It's a lot of networking. Yeah. Touring. How do people afford to go to another town? No kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just train tickets alone. You're uh, you're out like a whole month's salary. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you can get one person that drives, you know, hold on to that person. Even if they can't play an instrument, give them like a couple of spoons or something, and say, "Okay, you're the driver (laughs) slash spoon player." (laughs) Spoon player. Yeah. Put some. Put some. Of course, if he's a is a spoon player in a post rock band, he has to be. uh, given a reverb pedal yeah they're giant spoons actually (laughs) (laughs) giant metal spoons these are brutal spoons awesome um so uh are you in the studio now are you releasing is something coming up uh yeah actually recently we released an album like actually christmas day last year we released an album uh, our first album lassa which we've been working on for the past year like recording and uh, you know, it was a very difficult process because um, basically we had a lot of trouble with our lineup. You know, we sure. every time somebody leaves the band, it always takes like a year or something to find the replacement. And uh, yeah, and it was just like really, really long, long drawn out process because uh, the the person who was recording was recording in Tokyo, and the person who was mastering and mixing everything was in london oh my goodness so like you know wow so you know they would record and then they would then the guy would be mixing and then they would send us a mix and we would say oh this 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 and that and that is not good right so he would take another week or two to fix it and then that that would turn into months yeah I mean, yeah i can totally see how that that would take forever and then people get frustrated because it's not you know if you're you know, no, that's not what I meant when I said adjust this level or something like that. That could be a real yeah problem. Yeah, so, anyway. yeah you know, it's very tedious and you know, it's very very difficult. I must say, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, the whole uh, the the idea of just putting a mic to something and having it turn out the way you want is is really a myth. And uh, to have a project mm-hmm. turn out the way you want it precisely, that uh, only takes one person with one button to totally change the entire sound that yeah. you're going for, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, oh, wow. you know. But you so, did yeah, do I mean, it. Like, yeah, so, I mean, you... Yeah, we, I did, we did finally manage to, you know, put it all together, and eventually we just like, all right, cool, that's it, it's done. Let's just release it. And then, yeah, we, we released it uh, on Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, and Bandcamp, everything. You know, you, you can go on Bandcamp, uh, Tibetan Sky Bandcamp, you can download the whole thing for free. I will and, be doing uh, that. Yeah, well, please do. Yeah, I'll check it out. You got some shows yeah. coming up? Yeah. Peter? Yes, actually. Yeah, we do have a show coming up uh, on the 1st of March in Shibuya Nob. Uh, oh, nice. I think a friend of yours, Tom Mayer, is organizing this one. And uh, We're close. He, yeah. Uh, the, the, who's going to be playing with us? Uh, some Australian band, uh, Logic Defies Logic. Oh, yeah, I saw their uh, ads. Headlining and uh, Marla, I, I've seen Marla myself. She's an amazing. That, that band is amazing. Like you know, just the two of them, and uh, with okay. the dogs as well. Oh yeah, dogs Deep are good friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, Inner Wilson, I, I haven't heard of him yet, so I'm looking forward to it a lot. It sounds like a great lineup. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be fun. So it's only like one thousand yen to get in, and then. 2,000 yen, what is it, all-you-can-drink ticket. Oh, yeah. Is that at Shibuya Knob? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He yeah. Said, yeah. Okay. That's a fun place, man. I've, I've played there, and I've, I've drank there, just walking around, double-fisting doubles of, of whiskey soda, you know, getting wrecked. <laughs> you know, that, there's a danger in that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have a story to tell, you know. We we actually played a show once uh, in, do you know a place called Niman Denatsu? It's in Koenji. Yeah, I've played there. Yeah. So basically it, 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 it we makes were... 20,000 amps, doesn't it? Or volts, 20,000 volts. It's a, it's a massive, loud place. Yeah, it's an exaggeration. They only have two amps. 
<laughs> so uh, tell us some, continue please what's going on yeah so anyways uh, like um, we were there and uh, you know they have one of those kind of like long kind of lineups like six bands or something and there was a, a band called Yeti uh, oh. I don't know if you guys know them yeah I, I, I played with them last time they were touring in Japan uh oh we may ruin the story here oh cool <laughs> I was the drummer those guys yeah, yeah, that 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 dude is like a proper rock star, you know. Yeah. Fully like leather pants, you know, long hair, you know, the everything, you know, proper eighties style, you know. So um, he was supposed to headline, but then at some point he walks up to us and he says, "Guys, do you want do you want a headline instead oh, wow. of me? Because I gotta go. I gotta <laughs> go to like you know earlier or something. I have to leave earlier." We're like, "Okay, yeah, okay, sure, no problem. We'll headline." And then, you know, so what do you do? You know, you have to wait until your turn, which is like, what, you know, another five bands? Yeah. So, so you watch, watch the first band, drink. Second band, drink. Fourth band. <laughs> I, 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 by the time I, I get, like, you know, the fourth band, I, I forgot how to play guitar. <laughs> You're playing outside. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, shit, I'm, I'm on next. I have to start <laughs> rehearsing. <laughs> So yeah, uh, uh, yeah, alcohol is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Did you nice rock ball. it? Did you have a good show? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was well, a it memorable was show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I tried to do my best, but the other band members, oh my god, yeah, it was embarrassing. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, it's Koenji, which is a notoriously sloppy place, anyways. So uh, you no, know, who's gonna give a shit? And you got a good rock story out of it, so that counts. Yeah, man, it was, it was, yeah, it was embarrassing. I'm glad we deleted all the videos of that show. Please, please don't, please don't go on YouTube. Don't, don't look, don't look us up. Tibetan Sky Koenji. <laughs> you realize you made that your most famous video, though. Now that's the one everybody's gonna look for. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of drunk. Yeah, there's nothing worse than watching a drunk post-rock band. I have to, I have to say, you know, you could probably get away with it if you're like, I don't know, like a, a rock band or metal band, but a post-rock band, no, doesn't <laughs> work. Drunk. No, it's not the image. No, that's no. not the image. Hey, Peter, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us on, um, uh, well, Facebook. Just go in to uh, Facebook, type in Tibetan Sky. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll find our page. Uh, ah, I should probably spell Tibetan Sky because most people uh, kind of ne never can never get it right. T i b e t a n. Okay. Sky. Tibetan Sky. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And you are also on yeah, Bandcamp. Uh, yeah. A Russian who Bandcamp, can spell. Yeah. <laughs> huh? <laughs> uh, nothing. It was. It was. We, just ramblings. But please continue with your promotion. Yeah. The, on Bandcamp yeah, yeah, yeah. as well? Also, yeah. yeah, I think the best way to find us is on YouTube. If you go into our uh, description, there's uh, all the links in there. Okay. So look up yeah, Koenji, Tibetan Sky. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> awesome. I will definitely be checking that out, and I, I'll try to come down and see your, uh, the show at Shibuya Nob. Um, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Yes, please don't buy me a drink. Okay, <laughs> all right. I will buy you a drink, but you don't buy me a drink. We'll buy you a nice green tea. Yeah, there you go. You can zen out in the Tibetan sky. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Cheers, Peter. Thanks for calling in. Have a good show, and we're going to play some of your song on the podcast, eh? It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. All right. I enjoy your show. I listen to it every, every, every Monday. Awesome, man. Thanks a lot. Then I'm definitely downloading your album. Yeah. <laughs> right, thank you so much. All right. Have a good day. You Have do. a great one. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that is, what's that song called? I can't see it in the reflection for some reason. Uh, the Birds. Birds by uh, Tibetan Sky off of their album, Lhasa. Next 
Oh, nice guy, huh? I liked him. He Peter, was funny. Funny guy. It's crazy how international that band is. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine just, uh, well, they actually, yeah. I wonder if, how hard it is to come to an agreement when uh, they're deciding on a, like a theme or a style or a melody or like that. Does everybody want to go listen to their own influence? I think it's called Russian Smash. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. You know, I feel like listening to perhaps a little bit more independent music. And, let's uh, play some indies, man. Yeah. Let's, let's, I'm tired of all this corporate stuff. Let's hear some indies, man. Well, I just so happen to have a track, and this is a band called Daisy Glitter, actually. Whoa. Sounds like an indies band. Indies music, man. Shiny bright, you made me take a heebie. I've been happy before. Oh, mega samete, kimi wa inakute. Suddenly darkness enters me. Kurushimi komi age, no daiki tsukeru. Omoi dasanai to, no kimeta no ni. And that's a band called Daisy Glitter. Uh, the song's called Affectation. It's off the EP Affectation. Uh, you can find out more about Daisy Glitter on Facebook. They have, uh, you just look up Daisy Glitter One Word and uh, to check out more of that band. Um, just friends of mine. I really like them. They do a great live performance. I like their uh, the rhythm that was going on in there. It yeah. was really cool. Um, I, I really like uh, rhythmic electric guitar playing. Like a... Where it's not funky, but it's yeah. not like like speed metal, you know. Where they electric rhythm guitar, yeah. There's a bit of a there's room to breathe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really like that that style of guitar. Nice, cool. All right. So, what do we have next on the list? Oh, I want to again, if we could continue on the music theme, if that's all right. I guess so. I guess so. All right. Actually, a. Former uh, bandmate of yours is actually... Uh, yes, Miho. Miho, yes. She is a Japanese woman accordion player slash Iron Maiden metalhead. Yes. She's great. And uh, she works at a place that we've both uh, gone to a fair amount of times, uh, Gamuso. Talk Nasa. about it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, apparently she um, has been working there as the bar manager and she's arranged shows forever, but she's going to be retiring from it. So she has four shows left, and I just wanted to plug those a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Yeah, if you could go down to Gamuso in Tokyo uh, next to Asagaya Station, uh, March 7th, March 21st, April 11th, and April 25th. If you check them out, she's uh, organizing shows out there. The lineups have not been announced yet, but she always puts together a killer show. So uh, just look up the, uh, uh, the place, Gamuso. Gamuso's also got a good selection of craft beer, but they also always have uh, a bottled Sapporo, uh, reasonably priced as well. If you if you're hurting in the bank, yeah. So they're uh, they be, got the Teikoku yeah. IPA. Teikoku is oh, a uh, is a uh, type of beer name uh, from a local brewery operated by uh, foreigners down in Shuzenji in Shizuoka Prefecture. Oh, get out, really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, wow, yeah. Definitely worth checking out. They are, uh, yeah, Gamuso would be something I would put in the Gaiten circuit. To, ah, yes. woo, the GTC. The GTC, they remember. Uh, Card-carrying member. Yes. All right. Featured, of, yes. Uh, sorry, there's one other thing I wanted to uh, recommend. We uh, actually were planning to have one other guest today, but um, we... Uh, Double booked, a little, a little, bit, little, little bit busy there. on the yeah. uh, on the guy the the got the not the got faded <laughs> the Tokyo what uh, podcast here. Yeah, guests are breaking down the door. It's true, but um, we wanted to uh, plug uh, 
Andrew Holtby's uh, next show. He's a great guy. He also arranges uh, live shows. And this one will be in uh, Asakusa, actually. There's a, a bookstore called Infinity Books and Event Space. He has a very interesting show that he holds monthly where basically the, the performers, it's usually a singer-songwriter acoustic style, but they perform one song and then... Um, um, the host of the show, who's actually uh, Mickey Acorn, he uh, asks them a, a question, and then he an they answer the question, then perform another song. They just go in, they intersperse each song with the questions, so it's an interview live show, and then he films it and he puts it on YouTube. Very interesting premise. I actually was a guest host one time. So uh, the next one coming up is also uh, March seventh. So you'll have to decide between that and uh, Gamuso. But um, Brad Didway and Brian Smith are the guests for that one. Go check it out. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's, it is an interesting show that Andrew puts together. He's a he's kind of a a, a technical guy. He's a hard worker. That's all he, I can he say, likes. Yeah. Putting things together, yeah. like cameras yeah. and video and yes, audio, and he likes big things, and so his uh, his approach is very like his camera angles are kind of swooping and mm, cut yeah. really well, and uh, yeah. his production value is quite high. So he knows what he's doing. That uh, Andrew with um, with working with mix open mic, yeah. Um, all right, so let's take a look. So we're going to go to... Alien the, advice. <laughs> um, so totally different topic, coronavirus. Yes. Uh, it's, it's fascinating how this whole thing is playing out. Um, really scary. I was coming up on the subway uh, to, the, to the podcast studio here. And yeah. An uh, old man on the train started sneezing. I just got up and went to the next car. Yeah. And it funny. wasn't like a concealed sneeze. It was like a... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, whoa, I'm getting out of here. Uh, the coronavirus has like killed like 2,300 people. Yeah, officially, yeah. probably closer to like 500 million people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, we can't trust any of these numbers. No. Um, but there was this uh, ship docked off the Yokohama uh, right. port Princess. area, the Diamond Princess. That's Over 600 people got infected with the coronavirus yeah. on that ship. Uh, it was quarantined. And this uh, Japanese doctor who had been um, helping with quarantine and viruses all over the world with Ebola, mm -hmm. SARS, and everything, he went there to do some work. Yeah, and he was he was flabbergasted at mm -hmm. how unprofessional the whole thing was being treated. He yeah. went to yeah. YouTube and uploaded like a twelve minute video. Yes, and so I nice. recorded the video and I kind of sampled the parts where he talks about. The conditions there, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to play some of those and kind of go into the, the what 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 I've been looking at: uh, hell or not hell, mm. or the um, the mainstream media. Like it sounds conspiratorial to say that, but the official narrative, yeah. trying to be like we're the official narrative, and you can trust us because we're the official narrative, right? And right, then yeah. somebody else who's not in the official narrative goes, guys, it's not really going as what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they go, don't listen to him; he's right. not the official narrative. But yeah. then you listen to the official narrative, and there's no information there. Right, right. So there's this huge disparity these days between these. Uh, empires of of, of mm -hmm. narrative, mm -hmm. right? And the, the unofficial versus the official. So this yeah. would technically be the unofficial narrative. And let's play this guy. He's a Japanese uh, virus expert. My name is uh, Professor Kentaro Iwata. I am a specialist of infectious diseases at Kobe University Hospital. Turned out that the cruise ship was completely inadequate in terms of the infection control. Uh, there was no distinction between the green zone, which is free of infection, and the red zone, which is potentially contaminated by virus. So the people could come and go wearing a PPE, off PPE. PPE is a mask. Uh, crews were just walking around, and the officers uh, of Ministry of the Health and Labor was walking around. DMAT people were walking around. Psychiatrists were walking around. And the uh, people were eating on the one place, uh, people were wearing PPE and off PPE and eating lunch with the gloves on and the, uh, just dealing with the uh, smartphone with full PPE, so it was completely chaotic. And uh, uh, some crews had a fever, they went to the medical center while wearing an N95 mask, 
but he didn't have any protection between his room and the medical room, and the medical officer was not protecting herself, and she was very unhappy, saying that, uh, well, she was already infected, I'm sure about that, so the, uh, she was completely uh, giving up protecting herself. My goodness. That's um, crazy. Yeah. But wearing gloves and eating. Yeah, yeah. And no, the, and, the um, medical doctor there just saying, I already have it, so I'm not going to wear a mask yeah. while screening everybody. Um, yeah. Um, in The first thing that actually hits me when I think about this is the smoking policies in Japan. They used to actually have sections of places that were non-smoking and smoking next to each other with, with almost no barrier in Yeah, it would be like a it. piece of tape. So it almost reminded me of that. But um, I think it's also for something, a, a country that is so like sociologically structured, it's very hard for people to come up with new protocol. Right. Um, and Dealing with crisis is uh, not... Yeah. And one person has to take the responsibility of saying, this is good, this is not. And nobody wants to take that responsibility because it's always about saving face. Um, and so that this culture, in fact, I think in Japan and, um, maybe other Asian countries, I won't say for sure, but, um, it's more about saving face than anything. Yeah. And I think it's always been that way. And, but now in the light of today's modern, uh, media technology age, it comes, it bubbles to the surface so much faster than it ever did before. So it's, um... Like, I think it's almost always kind of been organized this way, and it's a lot of mistakes before they finally establish something. Yeah. But now it's like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, in the past, if somebody had been recording it, it probably would have happened with many, uh, many biological crises, I think. Yeah, and the guy goes on to explain a little bit more about what had been happening there. Mm. Anyways, uh, I dealt with a lot of infections more than 20 years and the, I was in Africa dealing with the Ebola outbreak. Uh, I was in another countries dealing with the cholera outbreak. Uh, I was in China in 2003 to deal with the SARS, and I saw many febrile patients there. I never had fear of getting infection myself, but inside Princess Diamond, I was so scared. I was so scared of getting COVID-19 because there was no way to tell where the virus is. Everywhere could have virus and everybody was not careful about it. There was no single professional infection control person inside the ship and there was nobody in charge of infection prevention as a professional. The bureaucrats were in charge of everything. And that's where it ends. Um, this also brings to mind another thing. Um, uh, a lot of the time, again, I don't want to make blanket statements, but I've seen this happen in the past. Japan tends not to um, concede to someone who is um, very much established as an expert if they're not Japanese. Yeah, well, this guy's Japanese. Oh, this guy, I'm sorry. That's sorry. That, I thought he wasn't because he was uh, his English. Um, sorry. Um, all right, then that kind of negates what I was saying. But uh, yeah. I What's just remember name? with Fukushima, people. My were, name is uh, Professor Kentaro Iwata. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. My bad. Um, but at the same time, that what you're saying does lend itself because he yeah. is coming in as an expert, not right. as an authority figure. Well, yeah. So right. he's saying the bureaucrats are in charge, yeah, and they're dealing with it as a bureaucracy. But a bureaucracy handles protocol. Yeah. But this is something that's outside of protocol. Right. Yeah. Right. Established. So they have to establish a you new one. You could hear his voice when he was saying, I was so scared. Yeah, He's yeah. Been to Africa yeah. with Ebola, and he was more scared of the ship off of the, co off the coast of Yokohama. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Uh, um, so there, here's a headline um, uh, from the official narrative. Right. Okay, right. I got Now I want to follow up with the official narrative. Okay. Japanese data on cruise ship sh coronavirus infections backs quarantine strategy. Mm -hmm. And this is just the one sentence I'll read. Newly released data from the Japanese Research Institute appears to back the government's case that its quarantine strategy for the Diamond Princess cruise ship was successful in stemming contagion of the coronavirus among passengers. Successful, that was, yeah. That was posted the next day after the doctor uploaded his video to YouTube. Wow. I wonder... 
Did his phone ring off the hook after he released that? He took down the video. Yeah. But it was already uh, mirrored. And finally, this is from the NHK, and it talks about how the um, Japanese health ministers were behaving Mm -hmm. on the uh, Diamond Princess. Right. Now, NHK has learned a large number of Japanese health ministry officials who boarded the cruise ship were allowed back to their workplace without being tested for the virus. Wow. At least 90 have been on the Diamond Princess. But ministry sources say many who showed no symptoms were not tested. A Japanese expert is calling for a review. He believes adequate preventive measures are being taken on board, but also said officials should work from home for a certain period afterward. A total of four government officials who were on the ship have been infected, including two at the health ministry but there are no confirmed cases among any from the ministry who've since returned to their workplace. It also declined to comment on whether there will be a review. Wow. That's so crazy. I know. Uh, But we are are stemming the contagion. We are the the official narrative, and you don't question us. Yeah. You don't post your videos to YouTube. Right, right. Um, is it also the structure of um, like the official language that always you have to fall in line with those formulas to say something? You can't you can't put nuance in it. Yeah, I think there's a little. I bit don't of that know. Too. That's why every bad thing is regrettable. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's very re- a regrettable situation. Um, yeah, common comment from the uh, official narrative. There's one other thing that kind of worries me. Um, they've established that um, person that um, has no symptoms of. Uh, of the disease can actually transmit the virus still. And the, you can, you can recover from the virus Yeah, and there's a second wave. Oh, there is. I didn't yeah. know that. So either. it can still be in your system after you've beat it. Oh my goodness. And then goodness, you really? can spread it again. Oh, wow. A sleeper cell. Is it really? Ah, oh, geez. That's one idea. That. And it's not conspiracy land. I've, that's medical yeah. experts that I've listened to saying that people mm. that have recovered from it still can have it in their system. I believe it actually. Um, it's I, that's the scary thing about it. that's kind of in some ways the most insidious part of it of the whole thing, um, because there's a range of symptoms a person can have. Like and so one person could have no symptoms. That's uh, really worry worrying. Some people can just have mild symptoms, and um, there's kind of a, a perfect storm of um, bad conditions coming now. The allergy season is starting very early. That's right. So. And J- Japanese work ethic is the tendency is to go to work no matter what. I know this because my wife caught the flu from someone that came to work with the with a regular flu uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And um, in our own house, we had to kind of quarantine her just because I was flying back to America like five days later. But what's going to, I think, happen is some people are going to have mild symptoms of uh, coronavirus and they're going to write it off as allergy symptoms, and they're going to come to work. And that's very worrisome because seeing how quickly it spreads through the workplace, like whether it's on the train and then the fact that everyone's desks are together, usually in an open office environment, that will go through like wildfire if you're not careful. Yeah, the economic impacts of this is really crazy because mm-hmm. um, all of the flights from China are down. We talked about it yeah, last time. It's right. like $1.3 billion in yeah. loss just after the first week. Yeah. The projections now are way higher and lots of international conferences are not being canceled, are, are being canceled in China, but also yeah. major tech conference like the World Mobile Congress or yeah. these other things that take place in Las Vegas or right. Spain also being canceled. Wow. And these yeah. are these are places where like 50,000 people attend yeah, in yeah. over a five-day period. Yeah. And uh, this is, we kind of have to review the role that China plays in the global distribution yeah. you know, pipeline because the, the vectors overlap now. Right, Where right, yeah. you rely on everything from this one place. Even most vaccine manufacturing comes oh, from wow. China these days and drug manufacturing, pharmaceutical mess, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you just put all of these things in one place and it goes through a choke point, Wuhan, and then the, something happens in yeah. that choke point and then everything all of all of the what do we say the the mm-hmm. mark what is it product flow? Yeah, product flow. Okay. Um, yeah. gets gets crossed. Yeah. yeah, cut off, but it gets cross-contaminated by an unrelated industry. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. That you can't really predict. And uh, that's the role that China is playing in our in our lives these days. So Not the Chinese people, but just yeah, the no, fact no. that that's in the process of 
well of, of products. It's just economy, right? Yeah. We put all our eggs in one basket, and the chicken has the flu. That's <laughs> right. So, but in any case, I guess if there's anything that we take from this is wash your hands. You can never wash your hands too many times. Indeed. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home. You said it, alien. <laughs> That's right. The take a word from the alien. So... On that happy note, I don't think I think that's it. Think Let me uh, just. Uh, do you mind if I give a quick plug to for my choice? Uh, we I already plugged two concerts, but I also want to mention. Exciting. I'll take that as a yes. yes. Uh, the 29th of February is uh, the open mic event at the American FM Bar and Grill uh, near Sudanama Station in Chiba, and uh, it's called Mix Open Mic. Uh, check it out. There's always a lot of fun people there playing music, and if you feel inspired to get on stage and perform for the first time, um, go right, right ahead. There's musicians there that can support you, and uh, I think it's worth checking out. It's a fun place to go, uh, good food, and good music. Everybody was a kung flu fighting. <laughs> and everybody washes their hands. Yes. Anything else? Uh, that's all on my agenda list. Yeah, I have some extra things that I want to get to next week yeah. that, regarding um, Japan Society 5.0, some yeah. AI and tech stuff that uh, I'd like to review. I didn't get to it today. That's fine. We can get to it next time. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely be here next week. All right. Coming at you from the Ginza studio in Tokyo, Japan. Matt Bigelow blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo. You have just listened to Japan What. I'm Tom Molesky. Thank you so much. And be safe, everyone.